0: Like outside of my projects, I'm working on shareable libraries that are going to be making everyone's Web3 websites way faster.
1: I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here, I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Today's guest is Dawson Botsford, the founder and CEO of Earnify. It's impossible to keep track of what's going on in the crypto world alone, and Earnify is helping people find airdrops that they might have missed out on. Welcome Dawson Botsford to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Rudy.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad to have you here. I mean, you've created an awesome application uh, called EarnFi where people can type in their ETH address to quickly just see what airdrops they've missed on. I've used that myself, so thank you. It's helped me. But before we get into why you've created it and how you've created it, and even how you got into crypto, I want to know what you were doing before even hearing about the word bitcoin or ethereum
0: yeah before hearing about bitcoin we're going back a long time um so i heard about bitcoin first in 2014 i got into it pretty early uh while i was still like a poor college kid so <laughs> i'm definitely not one of those bitcoin millionaires <laughs> uh, but i did hear about it in college and so yeah before bitcoin i was uh i was into like startups and computer science but i definitely was not an early adopter
1: gotcha that's it's yeah, so- the same for me like I just heard about it, but I didn't get into it. But did you have like a friend who was saying, "Dawson, you gotta, you gotta get into this Bitcoin stuff"? Was it making sense to you when you first heard about it?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of whether I was confused or not when I first heard about it, and I don't think I was. So the person who explained it to me, he was uh, he ran the Bitcoin Club at the University of Colorado, nice in Boulder, where I went to college, and he was just so like. He didn't present it as, hey, you guys should consider this thing or come learn about this thing. He was, guys, this is the future. And so you have to learn about it. It's how he presented sense. it. Yeah. He was like, this is what is coming down uh, in, in like the future of technology. And so you guys have to come use this. And he he gave everyone $5 on of Bitcoin the first day to wow. spend at a, res- a restaurant in town. He could cons- He convinced the owner of this restaurant to accept Bitcoin like way before it was cool to accept crypto.
1: Good for him. That's that's a hard sell too, because they're like, what do I do with this? And it's hard to convince some teacher and then also get them to do it. So good for him.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best gateway too. So he definitely got everyone like who was in the club to use Bitcoin on day one. Wow. Um, And I actually just checked earlier today if that really old wallet I had on my Android phone had any dust Bitcoin (laughs) left in it. Unfortunately, I was just so type A and I got everything to zero uh, when I was first like transferring things out and Same. selling uh, yeah, and becoming a Bitcoin billionaire for sure. By like selling at the first, at the first hint of the price booming.
1: I feel like 99% of my like, I don't think everyone actually, all my guests have missed that too. That's why we're all in here together. Not like running away in some Island on a yacht. We're like, ah, we still got to work, but we love the tech. That's the thing. It's like, we're in it for the tech, right? We love this technology and what it's doing for us. So it's awesome still. um, so you were, you were saying you were in college, you were studying computer science?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was a CS major. Mm-hmm. And so I was already doing code. I uh, definitely didn't learn anything about cryptography yet. Hadn't learned anything about making websites or web apps yet either, which websites and web apps are definitely my expertise now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that skill set has allowed me to build Earnify. But back then, I was at the very beginning of my computer science uh, education.
1: Nice. And were you always into into tech as like a kid? Is that something you are? Were- passionate about?
0: I was. I've definitely always been a nerd. I was the kind of nerd who uh had like every size Rubik's Cube from <laughs> two by two to seven by seven. Nice. Uh definitely played games a ton. Gaming was kind of the start of coding for me. I used to think that I was going to be a game developer. Which I think is it's a useful goal to start out on, especially when you're young, because uh, it's yeah. kind of like the gateway drug. Of, it's like how Bitcoin's the gateway drug into the rest of crypto as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to that because yeah, gaming was my thing. I also thought I wanted to build games or do something on the internet at least. But yeah, here I am <laughs> doing podcasts. And do you still game? I don't anymore. I got like I don't. For me, the gaming the whole point of gaming was to have all my friends over play some n664 or play some playstation 2 and like just talk to each other and like play especially like super smash brothers that was like the best game but not anymore i I don't i don't want to i don't know something about talking something about having my friend next to me and like fighting that way it's a lot more fun than uh just remote
0: yeah i understand that because i hard quit uh i hard quit video games at the end of high school right around this college time where i uh, I was like, okay, to actually learn this stuff and learn how to code, I need to be more focused on it. And uh, gaming fell to the side for sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, there's a resurgence with play to earn gaming <laughs> for me in the future.
1: What were your uh, like first apps or programs you were developing?
0: Yeah, the first thing I ever made was in middle school. Uh, there's a guy on the school bus, one of my friends in my neighborhood, who he was like a giga brain for sure. I'm surprised he's not like, Leading Ethereum development at this point. Wow. Uh, I don't think he's gotten the crypto pill yet, but he was a really good programmer, just in middle school even. And he showed me that I could do a couple things with my TI calculator. So this was like the Texas Instrument graphing calculators. Yeah. Uh, this is actually the origin story I found out for a lot of developers uh, within like my age range, because that actually had a full programming language. It was uh, BASIC. BASIC mm-hmm. is the name of the language. And with that, you could create programs to cheat in class. You could create programs to like run geometry functions. Uh, so I made like this master geometry one that was like everything we learned in seventh grade geometry. And it was it was devious because you could easily share the same way. Yeah. You just plug in a USB C or whatever it was back then. Uh,
1: I wish it wasn't. You know. I wish schools were like, wow, we should really support your creativity, <laughs> not like shame you for like doing something bad but it's like you're still you're learning geometry but it's so boring you have to like challenge yourself a little bit harder by cheating <laughs>
0: yeah and that was spot on the cheating part was trying to be like under the table for sure and actually I've always been quite a rule follower so I was not the one cheating but I think 95% of the people who got the program from either my my calculator or my friend's calculators they definitely <laughs> used it and when the ACT SAT came around and I heard of people using it then I was like I was scared. I was that's like, dangerous, yeah. I've created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's all right. It's, uh education system could use a little revamping anyway, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so then, I mean, I just told like, it sounds like you're just loving this. You're just loving tech, and you're loving programming and developing at early age, and it's definitely paid off now. And as you are hearing about crypto more and getting into that space, what kind of, I know you said you, we're uh, learning from your friend in college, but what kind of got you into really putting your own efforts into learning more about it?
0: Yeah, so there was a down period actually at the start of my college time, which I should probably mention for folks who are getting interested in the more technical side. It's not all rainbows and butterflies, especially in the beginning. Sometimes it can be really difficult to first start learning a new language, a uh, like programming language or like a whole new idea of like, how do I make websites? This whole idea of websites is like actually several languages you'll have to be familiar with. And so for me at the start of college, I actually considered leaving computer science. It was so dry and boring the way that the university presented it. But my savior was my sophomore year, I discovered hackathons. And for folks who don't know, hackathons, they're not hacking, it's not security. It's it's like a build marathon is almost the name of it, or like an invention marathon is what I call them. (laughs) Uh, it'll be like 24 or 36 hours, usually overnight, one or two nights, uh, just tons of coffee and cookies and pizza. And <laughs> just the goal get is, hopped up. <laughs> yeah, it gets super hopped up. I've seen, I saw someone once down 15 Red Bulls within 24 hours and I was like, this person might go into cardiac arrest. Yes. Luckily, they were completely fine, Oof. but it was, it's like a, all the, all the best parts of that hyped up young energy when you first start coding. Mm-hmm put into a room with 500 other people who are also hyped up and learning. And by the end, you just like by the end of the 24 or 36 hours, you realize that computer science can actually go build really cool stuff. And that's like, that's a revelation that everyone has when you come into the university route.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Cause that makes sense. And like, whenever anyone asks me, like, how do I get into programming or development? I'm like, have a project in mind. You need to, want to build something otherwise learning is so boring i can read all the literature on what javascript is and different uh functions and different ways of creating code but i would never understand it unless i had something to like strive for so that's yeah it's definitely awesome that you went into hackathons early on. i wish i did that early on yeah but,
0: uh, anyone who's considering it as well within the ethereum space there's a lot of hackathons nice. ETH global is the organization that Puts on one every two months. It's a massive opportunity. They're online as well. So uh, you can do them from anywhere on the planet.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, highly recommended too. And then, so how did your hackathon trips go? What did you um, do? And I know, I think I saw your profile. You actually organized some too. So could you give us a little more up
0: with that? For sure. I went full force into hackathons. I saw hackathons as a solution to boring university. <laughs> And so I brought hackathons to my university first because there weren't any. Uh, I was in the mountain time zone in Colorado. And in the mountain time zone, there's only one other hackathon at that time for college students, which now they're actually they're so pervasive. Like there's multiple in Boulder itself now. There's more than one at the university, let alone the surrounding universities. Uh, So, yeah, from like North Dakota all the way through Utah and down, there was none. So I decided to organize that, pulled in two friends. We all co-founded it. And just, I spent my college time barely doing coursework, mostly like, I mean, I was always coding and building, but it wasn't for university.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. It's like, I'm, I'm glad like, uh, yeah, you went through that because I th- I think I wish I, yeah like myself, I never been to a hackathon and I've been to hackathons, but I never participated in them and yeah, that's an awesome way to get your creative energy out.
0: You ought to come do a hackathon with me.
1: I know. <laughs> Let me know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I've got plenty looking out looking out in the future to sign up for. So it'd be fun to team up.
1: That would be. Yeah, I can just record some stuff for us. <laughs> uh, so then, you got into these hackathons, and as you were, uh, you know, honing in on your development skills, how was your interest into crypto developing during this time?
0: Yeah, during college um towards the end of college was when ethereum launched so in 2015 was when the like very first test nets and mainnet launched
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or maybe the mainnet was 2016 but either way i remember viewing it and watching this happen on github because my first ever projects on github were like little bitcoin trading scripts but back then to trade was just actually a call to a centralized exchange because there was no DeFi. everything was centralized Uh, the only thing you could do decentralized was transfer but even mm-hmm. to transfer, you had to have a trusted intermediary to say like, okay, you should transfer now. <laughs> so yeah, back then I was doing like little trading scripts. And when Ethereum launched, I was like, oh, this is huge. This is going to be big. Uh, and then I read it. I like read their documentation website and was like, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> this <laughs> stuff does not make any sense to me. <laughs> and so I, as I was reading that documentation, I saw some spelling errors. I And I pull requested, I, I just tweeted this last week. I found my pull request from 2015. To Ethereum.org it was like before the mainnet launch. And mm. that was it. I did that and I disappeared from the crypto scene for three to four years.
1: Uh, so I was like,
0: it's not ready for me yet.
1: Were you watching or, it for those three
0: years? Uh, I actually blocked it out and tried to ignore it because I missed the price boom. Uh, and, and then <sighs> I had uh, a lot of time where I was jaded. I was really against crypto. Mm. And I would even tell people to stop telling me about it. And my friends just kind of knew, like, don't bring up Bitcoin. Don't bring up Ethereum around Dawson because for them, they were like, guys, look, I just taxed my investment, uh, you know, my speculation, my trade in like whatever it was one month or two months. Yeah. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it guys. It happens
1: happens to everyone. It happened (laughs) to me plenty of times too. So (laughs) that's part of the
0: ride. Yeah, it's part of the ride, and I did. I did uh, come back to it though, luckily. And now, as you can see, I'm I'm pretty involved and interested in this.
1: Yeah, I'm happy you are because you're definitely not only just being part of it; you're contributing, which is the most important part. Is having a community that contributes in any way they can. And um, so, then, what were you doing for those uh, years that you were absent? Then you're just. I know you've also had um, kind of like consulting for development, but Love to hear a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, I went through a huge journey where I was switching, trying out something new every year. So out of college as a university grad, I was an engineer at Uber. So I really did the Web Two thing mm-hmm. hard. Like, love the Web Two funded companies. You know, I interviewed at Airbnb, had nice. friends there. I worked at Uber, had yeah friends at Facebook and Pinterest, and just super interested in the Web Two thing. Almost like as it was starting to become disliked in society people forget that back then Facebook wasn't the devil.
1: Yeah. People like Facebook was a place to work. Amazon was a place to be Pinterest okay. and all those Google was like, you're at Google. Wow. You're an awesome person. Like you just no exactly. idea what you do there, but you're awesome for working at Google for some reason.
0: And even <laughs> Uber, like Uber was yeah. like, dang, you're an engineer at Uber. But I was actually there during the duration when the lawsuits happened and the CEO got fired and oof, all that, all the harassment stuff was happening. And so wow. I started to see that, uh, I got jaded. I started to just not, not feel like I was very happy in the workplace there. And so every year I switched. So after a year at Uber, I I was like, no, I need to make social impact. I went to a healthcare company that was um, helping folks with clinical trials and cancer. I was like, okay, now I'm changing the world. It was like, my goal was always, I want to be changing the world. And after a year there, the company had management issues and I moved on. The company went under anyways. Good timing. But yeah, good timing. But, and and as I was nearing the end of that though, I was like, I've got this goal of being a digital nomad and being a traveler. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Four Hour Work Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> for anyone who's who like this is idea interests you, that is the bible, that book. So I had read the Four Hour Work Week for like the third time, and then I was like, this is actually my goal. I've been putting it off, and I feel like I'm wondering whether I'll ever be this kind of person, uh, the the kind of person who can go travel and be like without a home mm-hmm. for the fun of it though for the like by choice and i did and it was amazing i went one year entirely outside the u.s i went around the world west awesome. and just met tons of cool people that's when ethereum came back and that's when i like that's when it, crypto came back into my life Wow! Uh, through getting out of the san francisco crypto scene and getting into like the australia crypto scene is actually so legit
1: that's. I mean, I wish I can experience that because that's, that's amazing. So then I guess where you like stumbling upon it because of just the, of course, developers, programmers, they, they're going to speak into crypto at one point or another. And I guess that's what you're kind of attracted to. So while you were traveling, was it just kind of like, oh, more people are talking about crypto. Let me look back into it.
0: Surprisingly, it didn't actually come across my radar through developers again. Hmm. So all my programmer Web2 friends, there was a huge like wall somehow between like even my technical Web2 friends were only interested in crypto in the investing capacity. None of them discussed or understood DeFi or Web3 things. And so that was kind of sad in that I didn't get the exposure through being in San Francisco of all places. That's supposed to be the tech epicenter. Yeah,
1: it's surprising.
0: Yeah, but San Francisco, at least in 2018 and 19, was not the epicenter for crypto. and. Maybe there's still, maybe there's some tech companies there now, but yeah, back then I had to actually leave San Francisco to rediscover crypto.
1: Wow. And Australia was definitely one of those uh, hotspots.
0: Yeah. So Australia's got a community where a lot of folks are builders. Uh, There's also a big tie there between effective altruism Mm -hmm. and uh, like nonprofits and how that relates to giving and charity and crypto. Like all that is one idea there where there's like some of the folks leading that. UBI and like distribution of aid through crypto. Yeah. that's super cool.
1: That's amazing. That's beautiful too. I mean, that's what crypto is supposed to be about and what we're supposed to strive for. Not like going on Twitter and everyone's like shit talking on NFTs and Bitcoin <laughs> versus Ethereum versus Solana versus this. It's like this price is not. This is new tokens to ten x and investments and all those yield farming. I'm like, you guys are just milking it. And I mean, we're humans, humans are going to find ways to take advantage for what do they need for whatever they need for themselves. So it is what it is. But as a community, I think Ethereum is doing a great job reinforcing public goods, helping each other and incentivizing those. So I'm glad that I'm glad that's there. <laughs> I hope it keeps continuing too. And uh, so during your travels how else was it going like was this starting to unlock more doors and different mindsets for yourself
0: um do you mean yeah i'm curious what you mean within technical or non-technical capacity like what kind of venues do i want to go down because it was a massive life change duration there it's definitely
1: definitely both because it does change your personality too because you are open to so many different things like i took like a two-month travel trip and that was eye-opening for me as a human being i'm like much more open and, uh, open, not just to like with myself and opportunities, but like with people and understanding, oh, like let's, you're just a traveler. You're just someone trying to make friends or it's like, i be, cause I always grew up in a city, I was, so I was always had that more like off-putting, I'm walking here, don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> so now like from my travels, I'm like, oh, like I'll, people are being people and we should try to make friends wherever we can and however we can. So that definitely opened me up. So Megan, yeah, you were saying that you were slightly jaded from the crypto scene because everyone around you was, oh, I 10X, I 10X, but not everyone's in the same boat. So I'm sure that might have changed your mindset a little bit, but I'll let, you, I'll let you explain to me.
0: Yeah, the main mindset shift I had was that I was actually getting, uh, you mentioned just now that crypto jaded I was, I was also tech jaded. And just kind of like young twenties jaded, uh, because in San Francisco, also all my friends were the same age. Um, you know, 75% of them were men. It was just like this really, really like bubble Mm -hmm. of, of homogeny of like the same kind of person. And so traveling was massive to get out of that and stay out of that. It wasn't just a temporary vacation. It was, uh, it was like, I'm going to go full into this. And it wasn't even, I'm going to stop at a year. I never even said that at first. I said, like, I am now a nomad.
1: That's awesome.
0: And when I left my place, I was like, "This is it." Um, so I rediscovered and and found like other joys with my life as well outside of tech. I became a yoga teacher. I took off completely oh, from coding for two years, cool. uh, two months. And yeah, it was it's two hundred hours of training to do that. So it's like one month full time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you also a yogi by chance? Uh,
1: my fiance is a yoga teacher, and she has her own yoga business. So.
0: Oh, incredible. Uh-huh. I can definitely so I'm definitely you sure you've been holding too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, as much as I can, but it's fun. Yeah,
0: so I discovered like taking care of my body and health is, is something that's super critical to me <laughs> and that I'd have to like find that passion and pursue that passion on my own because other folks around me within the technical space, especially are not going to be the ones to push me uh, to like, to, like push me harder in those areas. So I have to find that from within and then be self-disciplined because I was alone and traveling all the time. So wow. uh, like I had to find my own gyms or find my own space to do yoga as I traveled. And I stayed super consistent for that whole year while I was all over the place.
1: That's amazing. And that's absolutely right. Because like you're saying at the hackathons and the tech industry, especially what you're saying, the, the industry has like mostly males who are geared towards programming and tech and the digital life they completely let go of their physical life. You can't drink 15 Red Bulls at a at hackathon. You should not do that. <laughs> like, I know you love that stuff, but it's also, there is a, there's gotta be a, some type of balance between mental health, physical health, and digital health. Because we're becoming into a world where it's so intertwined. You can't, I can't go anywhere without internet. It's hard because yeah. you, you, just, you might get lost or you need to translate something. It's, it's, it's so part of our everyday lives. But it's also destructive, too, if you are falling into the traps of uh, different social media algorithms.
0: Yeah, like I definitely learned that myself while doing this as well, that having less is better and Mm -hmm. not rely on those things. So I stayed with my laptop and phone, but I actually traveled with a 45 liter carry on for six months as well. That was all that I owned, which for folks that don't know, that's the max size of a carry on. So it's mm-hmm. like, that was everything I had. And that was an incredible experience. I recommend everyone do that if you can.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. It like
0: <laughs> really changes your life when you're like, oh, this shirt looks interesting, but actually I don't have space. Or I, this, these shorts, these shoes, like nothing. You have space for nothing else unless you get rid of something.
1: And it feels good to have less sometimes. A lot yeah. of times. Because
0: <laughs> then you make more, I feel like you make more memories and you connect with people better when stuff's out of the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely it gives you more mobility, too. You don't feel stuck. I love that. So, so now that you're traveling, you're, you're coming back to America, what's what's going on through your head in terms of uh, building, you know, getting some type of income, and renaming yourself?
0: Yeah, so during the time where I was nomading, I did actually, after yoga, um, after two months of that yoga that I mentioned just now, I did do Web2 Consulting. So I wanted to have real income as I traveled and I didn't want my career to fall off. So I actually mm-hmm. took some like, pretty uh, committed and like dedicated consulting jobs. I was leading tech teams and and that kind of thing while traveling for web nice. two companies. Um, but then towards the end of that, I was like, no, I want to get towards something that aligns with my values better. And so that's when I got into crypto, uh, had to spend a bit of time discovering the EOS community. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that blockchain.
1: But- I remember with, <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh- It fell fell over. Yes, it
0: fell over. If folks don't know, that's the TLDR. It was the biggest ICO of 2017. And then the blockchain is uh, basically a crawl at this point. It's still mining blocks, but uh, there's like close to no big apps on it. And so through that process, I think I was kind of a weird one at that company because I was an ETH head, Mm -hmm. just like almost an ETH maximalist at the wrong place. Cause I'd be like, oh, Ethereum is a solution to all these things. And it was like, we're not an Ethereum company, uh, but I found a way to do a little bit of Ethereum at the end of my time there. And then, yeah, that's, we're getting towards like the start of earnify, which is like the craziest, like seven days basically of my life of how it started, which I can get it to in a sec. Uh,
1: yeah. We're, the whole, everyone's ready for this. So. <laughs> hold your breath.
0: I'll make you hold your breath while I take a sip of water. <laughs> okay. So. The order of events here is really tricky. So I, I stopped working at the company I was at. I'll leave them unnamed just because of historical reasons. But the EOS company, I left on a Thursday night, this is Thursday night of the Super Bowl in 2021. Wow. So this was uh during COVID, but COVID was starting to lift a little bit in some places. So uh, you know, Super Bowl's on Sunday. So Thursday night, I leave that company. Friday's my first day as a free man again. And I'm at the very end of the ETH global uh hackathon one of the hackathons i just mentioned uh theirs are a month long but i was at the very last two days of it and i had been lazy and didn't even start my project but i had been thinking about it i was like airdrops are pretty important airdrops need to be checked um i'll go into airdrops in just a sec but basically i was like i need i need a way to check my addresses for airdrops Mm -hmm. so i was like why don't i compile a list of all the top airdrops and just make a search input a text box behind your address and it searches you And I could do it in a 10th of a second because I know the right web techniques for this. And back then, there was only five airdrops uh, or six airdrops. So I put all six on a page. I submitted it. I did the entire project in 48 hours. And it wasn't even 48 hours nonstop. It was like I did the minimum choices around everything to make just an MVP to get it into the market and test it. And then Sunday night of the Super Bowl, I submitted it and made a really viral tweet Like I was not a big deal. I was two hundred followers on Twitter at this point, and my my like tweet with the screenshot and GIF, there was confetti falling of like these are all your unclaimed airdrops. It just went insane. It has over a thousand likes now. Nice. It's got a bunch of retweets, and that was the start. So like literally the moment I was allowed to start being a free agent, making my own things, it happened to hit success, which it looks like that was just uh, maybe luck or something that I could repeat again, but. I think it was the preparation of 10 years of hackathoning to know how to win that hackathon. I also won ETH global. So it's like this winning, knowing how to win a hackathon is actually a great thing to also know how to start a company.
1: Yeah. You made your own luck. That's a thing. It's people say there is, or there isn't luck. It's your development and your skills that you've gained over the years that made you lucky because you can be lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a great point of view. I think it's Tim Ferriss who says, uh, like what we should be doing is trying to increase the surface area for luck to land on. Yeah. Because luck lands at the same rate for everyone. But you can increase that surface area to to get more opp- lucky opportunities.
1: Absolutely. And congratulations, man. It's a really good feeling. So, Ernify is awesome. I, I I mean I like it a lot. It's super easy to use. And I was sad I didn't even hear about it earlier because it always is a question in my head. I'm like I'm wondering did I miss anything? Because I can't keep up with all this ETH stuff. So.
0: Yeah, there's so much news out there and you need something like Earnify to check you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I could go in the background real quick of what airdrops are and and like why you might need a tool if that's useful. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. So the website we've been talking about this whole time is called Earnify. It's what I've made. E-A-R-N-I dot F-I. So earn a dot F-I. And what it does is it checks you for unclaimed airdrops on your addresses. And the catch is that, so airdrops are thousands, like hundreds or thousands of dollars that you have it's for you. It's it's like you have the key. Just having your address is the key. Uh, but the lock is just out there. And to know about it, to know to go claim an airdrop is something that you have to actually pay attention on Reddit and Twitter for. Because Ethereum gas costs mean mm-hmm. that the projects don't send you the airdrop. They put you on a list and you have to come to them. So coming to them and knowing to come to them used to be doable when there was five airdrops. But even then, some people didn't see that. This was back when there was just Uniswap and one Inch, uh, just a couple other small ones. But now with, with all the co-op tokens and all the airdrops that are out there, there's over 1,250 assets on Ertify that get checked, checks your address for them in under 10 seconds. And that's something that like computer science now allows us to just give you the answer. Wow. Is there something that you should go claim?
1: How do you um, get the, how, do you, how are you notified of these airdrops? How do you know they exist?
0: Yeah, I get notified by doing the hard work so that you don't have to Uh, I watch Twitter, I watch Reddit, I have uh, really dedicated customers like folks who use earnify since the beginning, who I reward through kind of like an unofficial bounty program. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason I don't advertise this bounty program is because there's so much spam in the airdrop space. And there's another thing why you need something like earnify. Uh, Like the word airdrop can mean something really quality like the ENS airdrop could be like 10 grand to change your life or the word airdrop could be this really spammy retweet three times, share with five friends, join our discord, join our telegram (laughs) message and all this marketing fluff. And that's the stuff that is my biggest pet peeve in crypto. It's people using the exact same word airdrop for these things that are completely different.
1: Then you definitely answered the question I was coming up. What is your crypto pet peeve? So dive into that. Yeah. So that marketing ploy is used endlessly and bots pick it up. I don't know who picks it up. And that is really annoying. And uh, yeah. How do you, <laughs> what, when did you start? Did you like start seeing those and then build FI or did, was that kind of like a, was that any type of trigger for you to build something like this? Or they come afterwards.
0: Yeah. So my pet peeve didn't actually make Earnify, like, uh, like this, the spam issue that we're talking about, actually, I didn't see until probably three months into making Earnify. Mm. And maybe Earnify was a part of the problem (laughs) in that (laughs) if I'm going to alert people with this stuff, then other people, just like a lot of eyes came onto this idea of airdrops. Well, there's a lot of eyes, you know, attention is money in crypto, especially Mm -hmm. And so that's when anything that has a lot of spam, um, it has a lot of like crypto has a ton of spam because it's not as regulated, but it's also really easy to take advantage of people. And so, if anything, these spammers actually just made earnify much better. Yeah. Because people see this as the place to find the quality information. Uh, Like up to this point, I've never put on a false spam, like a a bad airdrop. I do like unofficial contract audits on my own every time they come out, uh, which, you know, like liabilities out there. Like I'm not a smart contract developer. Yeah. I've shipped one to production before and I don't claim that anything's perfect that I like approve, but but yeah, it's really important to have someone slightly technical, at least glazing and like look, glancing at these things to make sure that uh, you're not going to advantage of.
1: Mm-hmm. And the rise of PO have been amazing too, because they're an awesome way to claim some, uh, Rewards and proof of attendance protocol. So it's also a fun way. I think I found a few for myself from East Denver because I was there and that okay. was awesome. Um, but is this is earnify now your full time dedication? Do you have any other projects in line?
0: Yeah, earnify is definitely more than full time now for 14 months, Nice, uh, just past 14 months so a year and a year and two months. Uh, but Earnify itself is like a conglomerate now of more than just the website you see. There's a really large open source push. I'm um, funding and paying for part time developers, even working on the open source code. Nice. Uh, and those open source projects are things that I have extremely strong conviction of need to exist within crypto. And yeah, some of them are some of them. I, I can explain what they are and why the world needs them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my I think my work is probably 50-50 right now between the Earnify website and the Earnify like systems. And then the open source software.
1: Nice. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like that's what I'm also really glad about Ethereum. It's the push for open source and how everything is open source. And if you want to use Ethereum, you're forced to be open source at a, for a certain amount. But I love that you're yeah. pushing for that too, because that's needed. And I'd love to hear more about like what hopeful projects you have in mind that are, that are going to contribute, or we can expect to see in this space.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing that you can expect to see and already exists from Earnify is there's a JavaScript package I'm making called Essential ETH. Mm -hmm. And what Essential ETH is, is it does what Ethers.js and Web3.js do, but it does it in 10 times less code. And so to do it in less code is critical Mm -hmm. for emerging markets and slow internet connections. Yeah, But even for people on fast internet connections, uh, Amazon did a research study recently for every one second that their page loaded slower, 10% 10% of people dropped off. So even wow. one second makes a huge difference.
1: That makes sense. I, everything is so instantaneous now. It's hard to even imagine. Even like loading a movie on Netflix, it's instantaneous. It's, it's, if you look at the file size, it's probably a couple gigabytes. And if you want to download a couple gigabytes, it'd be a while. But the way they have the streaming and buffering and all that stuff, and same with YouTube, incredible. But sometimes their videos don't load, but their ads do, which is weird. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Your point there is really spot on. Like they have Netflix and YouTube have video coding developers, like inventing first of their kind compression algorithms to bring stuff to you faster. And there is no one except for me that I know of working on making the web three bundles smaller for everyone out there. Like outside of my project, I'm working on shareable libraries that are going to be making everyone's web three websites way faster.
1: I'm excited for that because I'm not a strong developer, and that's something I would definitely need to help myself get into this space a little bit faster. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love, and that's the goal. Like target audiences, uh, folks all the way from junior to like production ready senior developers. This I do what's called dog fooding in the crypto space. So mm-hmm. that means uh, that phrase comes from like eat your own dog food if you're a dog food factory, which is like test your own products. Yeah, and so everything that Essential ETH has going live is used in earnify so just about two hours ago i deployed like the the newest function that i put onto essential eth in earnify and and like from the second that goes live there's 10 to 100 requests per second going through it wow so like i'll know if something's broken really fast
1: that's amazing and yeah how many people do you have like a github download amount do you know
0: Uh, i'm not sure yet no it's on um i don't know the numbers it's definitely at the beginning of an inflection point nice um, yeah, so about a week or two ago, it got thirty stars within one week. But that's the that's the start. I do think this will become a massive project, and it is also like a massive roadmap. Uh, it's probably forty to fifty percent of the way through. I don't have the roadmap documented yet, but yeah, it's like a partially complete product for sure.
1: Amazing. And now that you're spending all this time in the space, the crypto world. I need to know what do you what do you do outside of crypto and outside of development? How does Dawson uh, use his downtime or want downtime?
0: <laughs> Never downtime. <laughs> um, so I definitely have had less downtime as I've gotten really into Ethereum. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's a phrase that the bankless guys use called "crypto brain," where it like takes over your brain. Yeah, I very much suffer from this, but nonetheless, I still think balance is incredibly important. So. Um, I, I do yoga often, as I mentioned, but I'm also a competitive crossfitter. Oh, cool. so I'm, I'm very new to CrossFit. I'm not a high level athlete at all, but I compete in competitions. My girlfriend and I go together or I go with uh, friends from the gym and yeah, so that's, I train like five days, five, six days a week. And then lots of times on Saturdays, it'll be the full day event.
1: Nice. Yeah. I've heard of those events and it's always like a great community. That's always the thing, right? It's like finding a great community that fits, that has like openness, like-mindedness, but also diversity at the same time. Cause you don't want everyone thinking exactly the same as you, but it's like the core values that are important, which is being open-minded and inclusive. So I love that. Yeah, none of my crossfit
0: friends are techies so it's <laughs> definitely diverse in that way
1: are you that uh, crypto guy for them oh yeah <laughs> i
0: am the crazy like sometimes <laughs> at the start right. of class i'll just explain this like really advanced concept and they're like please stop <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's who i am too man it's like i'm the crypto guy well i was a crypto guy at my other job and i'd have to explain to them like no this is gonna be great it's gonna be the future like trust me this is what's gonna solve and like okay sure you go ahead and do that we'll we'll stay here i'm like oh yeah why why don't you believe me how much we understand you it's okay <laughs> it's like why does it have to go 10x before you think of something about it it's like there's a half to 10x it's it's the it's the technology behind it but
0: yeah we'll keep fighting this good fight though i, know. I guess like this spread the word by actually getting the technical details and i like that <laughs>
1: um I want to know also one of my uh, favorite questions to ask is what is your favorite wholesome crypto moment? Something that feel good crypto moment that you've seen happen?
0: Yeah, so to go back to the beginning of my Ethereum journey, I think the folks that pulled me in, that's the biggest wholesome crypto moment that I'm personally attached to because uh, I went to, so I went to EdCon 2019, which is the Ethereum Developer Conference. Mm -hmm. And at that, there were some strangers I just met. I had met them that week who like kind of took a gamble by pulling me onto their team. And at the time I had no web three skills. I knew how to make websites and that's it. I knew how to make like a pretty looking website. And so like this era is like right after Uniswap first launched. Okay. So the idea of like a really simple UI with like an input here and just like one button maybe it was like all the rage. So I kind of like, I took that UI design and like changed it up a bit, but this team, what they were doing was that they were making a custom ERC twenty token wrapper for emerging markets for doing UBI, okay. so like distributing universal basic income with Ethereum. They were doing it all the way back in twenty nineteen, and the project we made got used the very next week uh, in like the Asian South Pacific region on one of their test sites. Wow! To yeah, so to have like the way it would work is that they have all these people in the community that are receiving. Funding from a nonprofit, mm-hmm. like a nonprofit's already trying to distribute money. That's the like premise.
1: Okay, but that's really good from.
0: To distribute money is actually really difficult. You gotta have people in person. You have to have. There's a lot of sanctions as well. What's legal for them to spend it on?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It turns out with crypto you can do all this. So the grocery store was the person who uh, could redeem. You redeemed with them. And then the grocery store would just take that token and unwrap it with the website we made. And so the the nonprofit would wrap it and then it would send out. And then the grocery store would sell it back like to the nonprofit, uh-huh. basically for the actual local currency. Uh, and just like the wholesomeness of me being a hacker first time. And then I know that my code app, like actually got used out there was so cool. And an I was a... like green pilled is the phrase <laughs> that they use now. For
1: this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, um... It's exactly like Gitcoin and all of them are doing the green pill thing. And I I appreciate that a lot because there's so many awesome projects that are on there and deserve, deserve to be funded. And the best way to fund other than getting VCs is communities. So I love that. I wish I was more applicable in the States because we have it pretty easy in terms of transferring money between one another. Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, bank transfers, Facebook Messenger pay, like... Is, it's almost like, yeah, free-flowing money, but, you know, it just, it's like this type of technology, I think, is hard for Americans to really appreciate to its fullest, as in money transfer. It's not so easy to transfer money in some countries or trust their government that their currency will be good the next day. Or valid, or you know, inflation, and all that stuff. So, this tech is really useful monetarily and tech, and it's a technical, um, technical side of it. And as Americans, we're always looking at, go oh, how can I profit from this?" But, yeah. <laughs> but we're also building. I mean, I'm glad like it's definitely creeping up in terms of creating like public goods with this, and it's being more developed. And I think now the states are opening up to that type of thought process faster. So I'm excited to see how that keeps growing. And yeah, but I think this tech is quickly booming for other countries too. And we're going to have to adapt with it.
0: Yeah, I think we to adapt with it. What you just hit on is spot on in that we don't really have some of these problems locally here, and that's even more reason why I think the Ethereum community is such a global one. It's because if you've just been in the U.S. and you don't ever leave, you don't see these problems. Mm-hmm. And so I think even the Americans who are within the crypto industry, a lot of us have experienced international things. Like you said, you did two months traveling. I did a year traveling. Like it's no, there's that massive overlap between travelers, nomads, and crypto. Because
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I think
0: you see how money is different everywhere when you do that.
1: Exactly. Just there's a, It goes back to your original point. Right? It's like that homogenous mentality of everyone's thinking the same way. So like the American mindset versus the global (laughs) mindset, you know, it's a whole different thought process to think those different ways. I mean, I love America. I'm not bashing on it. I'm happy to be American. It's a great Great country, (laughs) but it's got good and bad things. It's got good and bad things. I definitely don't bash on it anymore (laughs) the way I used to. (laughs) Um, But it's just like a thought exercise for the listeners, you know, Uh, but yeah, I mean, thank you so much Dawson for sharing your story. I mean, I love what you've done. I think what you've started off and where you are today is a huge accomplishment, not just for like yourself, but also like sharing it with others to hopefully do the same thing and build with all their heart to build what they'd love to do and feel good about it and share that feeling with others because I'm craving more of that, you know, I want more public goods and okay. more use with blockchain.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm super a big fan. Like, the, it's funny you mentioned Gitcoin. I'll mention real quick. I feel like I'm trying to do an internal version of Gitcoin because I cannot not survive on Discord to keep up with these DAOs.
1: You can't. It's too much. So in,
0: instead of that, I take the income from Ertify. And part of that is going directly back to me on a one-on-one relationship working with a developer to build the things. And it's the same kind of thing. It came from a private good originally. Like Earnify is a paid, uh, for some visitors at least, it's a paid resource, but that's still going back to the community. And that's a story that I haven't gotten to tell until today. And so hopefully I can continue to tell that that part of the story more in that uh, the premium subscription fees for Earnify are going going out back into the world. And these projects will definitely make a difference in the world. I have 100% conviction that Essential ETH will be a part of that story.
1: I love that that's amazing thank you so much for building earnify thank you for sharing not just your knowledge and your skill sets and development but also sharing the wealth you've gained from those skill sets skill sets to give others a chance to keep building and that's how a strong economy is created and it is little by little and it's definitely gonna get recognized and i'm excited to keep watching you do your thing
0: I appreciate that, Rudy. It's been awesome to chat. Thank you. See you, everyone. Cheers.